It's the Australian taxpayers that have put a bit of sparkle in their profits, eh, Joshy? Immediately, once JobKeeper was put in place, confidence boosted, both business confidence and consumer confidence. Workers knew that they could hold on to their jobs, employees kept them on, and actually the recovery and the turnover of the businesses that you're talking about was actually helped by the fact that they kept their staff on through JobKeeper. We had a review undertaken by Treasury. I made it public last July. It recommended that we keep that anticipated decline for those first two quarters. As you know, the program went for 12 months and for the second six months of that program, we had a tapered rate and it was based on an actual decline in turnover. Yeah, I don't um, hear any, <laughs> that's nothing like the answer that Lee Sales was asking for. Andrew Lee is our hashtag JobKeeper Warrior. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Marcus. We've been talking about this for a long time. Seems like uh, everyone else is just catching up this last week, doesn't it? Uh, it does. 30 insiders, 60 minutes. That must have infuriated you, that uh, interview with Josh Frydenberg. Yeah, it did. I mean, I think leadership is about uh, being able to admit that you've made mistakes and learn from them. Good leaders uh, say, well, we, we uh, screwed up on this and here's how we're going to do better in the future. But if you can't uh, admit your mistakes, you're doomed to continue repeating them. Uh, and what I really worry about with JobKeeper is that's emblematic of the way in which the Morrison government manages uh, the, uh, the economy. Uh, so much is focused on the spin. And it looks here as though they spent more time trying to come up with the name for the program than coming up with a design that would work to ensure that we stimulated the economy uh, without uh, funding bling for billionaires. Well, speaking of bling, and look, again, I'm not critical of the of JobKeeper itself. I think it a, was a, an amazing uh, package uh, and it was obviously needed. But like, uh, you know, like a Centrelink overpayment, you know, I think a robo-debt and all the rest of it, but like a Centrelink overpayment, you should return Australian taxpayer dollars back to the taxpayer that you didn't need. And today we learn in a story front page of the Sydney Morning Herald that Gucci, Bulgari and the company behind Cartier and Montblanc claim more than $10 million combined in JobKeeper while, here we go, this old chestnut again, Andrew, also making multi-million dollar profits. Yeah, it's those firms that increase their revenues that I really worry about, Marcus. I mean, as you say, uh, many firms saw a downturn, got JobKeeper, and that was exactly the way it was designed. But every time the government's asked about the $13 billion they go into firms with rising revenues, uh, their defence seems to be, well, not all of the money was wasted. Well, no one ever said the entire program was a debacle, but we've certainly said that $13 billion went out the door and that with that money we could have built fibre-to-the-home national broadband network for every urban house in Australia. Imagine how useful that would be right now with yeah. half the country stuck in lockdown. Very true. Uh, instead, we've got these, uh, these uh, bling brands uh, taking uh, raking in JobKeeper, uh, many of whom didn't seem to need it because their earnings were rising. Well, roads, hospitals, other key pieces of infrastructure um, funded by the federal government, you know, $13 billion would go a long way. 88 billion, $13 billion, that is, $88 billion. It is the single largest economic support program ever put in place by an Australian government. I would have thought the scrutiny and, uh, and the oversight on such a public spend of money would be first and foremost on the Treasurer's mind. 
Yes, there's been relatively little, hasn't there? And the, the Treasurer referred to the uh, report that his department did in the middle of last year, and uh, that showed pretty clearly 15% of the money was going to firms with rising revenues. That ought to have set off massive alarm bells for him. Uh, but the, uh, the assessment of the scheme has been pretty light on. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, no, nothing to see here and uh, the government refusing to disclose which firms got the money. We really only know about 3% of JobKeeper recipients, the listed companies, and not about the 97% of unlisted. Uh, so we're groping in the dark to try and figure out how they spend our money. Uh, I reckon we need uh, further scrutiny. I hope the audit officer's report, which is due out in the next couple of months, okay. uh, does, a, does a deep dive into some of these issues. Uh, because the Australian taxpayer has a right to know how our money was spent and, and how it was misspent. And we don't need to be insulted with political terms like, you know, stop the politics of envy. Exactly. I mean, the idea that uh, it is somehow the politics of envy to ask a reasonable question to the Prime Minister as to why he gave uh, billions of dollars to uh, uh, billionaire shareholders and millionaire CEOs uh, at a time when Australians' real wages are falling, according to the government's budget. Uh, many Australians are hurting right now. The uh, uh, economic indicators have many people feeling like we're in a recession right now, uh, regardless of whether or not we're going to hit that technical definition of two quarters of negative growth. Uh, people are doing it very tough and people are mad when they look around and see uh, $13 billion going off to people that just didn't need the assistance. All right. Uh, yesterday, uh, the National Women's Safety Summit started, and uh, I, I'm sorry, I have to say it. It's sort of an act of schutzpah not seen since, I don't know, the day Tony Abbott appointed himself Minister for Women. But did Scott Morrison reserve the opening keynote address for himself? Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, the delegates needed an hour to hear out hearings from a bloke talking about uh, women's safety. I mm. think this is uh, this is an issue where the conversation needs to be led by women, uh, and uh, needs to involve a lot more listening than talking. Uh, I was disappointed uh, earlier this year that the Prime Minister didn't go out to hear Brittany Higgins and the March for Justice. Uh, no, they, he didn't even need to give a speech there. He just needed to, to be there to, as, a, as, a, as a listening ear. Uh, sexual harassment is a, is a huge problem for Australia, not just for the women who suffer it, but for the uh, co-workers and firms who miss out on the uh, intellect and the uh, talents of women who don't pursue careers because they're harassed. Uh, getting rid of sexual harassment will make us a more equal country, but also a more productive one at the same time. So I was surprised when we uh, had uh, a package of, uh, of, of bills coming to Parliament this week on Kate Jenkins' respected work report, uh, which didn't implement all 55 recommendations. Uh, Labor moved amendments to, uh, to, to, to uh, fully implement that report, and they were rebuffed by the government. Finally, uh, we're told constantly that we are all in this together. Uh, I think f <laughs> there is little doubt that we are, Andrew. Uh, I was disappointed. Uh, in fact, I was infuriated to, to read the Prime Minister was given special exemption to travel from the ACT into Sydney for Father's Day on Sunday and then return back to the ACT without enduring quarantine. Um, you know, obviously, he's an essential worker. There are plenty of other people who are essential workers. But, you know, you look at that... And then you will, and I've got a problem with it. To be perfectly honest, of course, the prime minister should be able to uh, travel freely throughout the country, just like New South Wales Parliament should be bloody well sitting.
right now, but it's not because of COVID. This is uh, there, there seems to be a lot of hypocrisy and a lot of uh, double standards in play here. And you know, we all saw the scenes of families hugging each other over what I like to call the orange wall up there at Coolangatta Tweed Heads. So if I hear one more politician out of Canberra or New South Wales tell me we're all in this together, I'll throw up. Yeah, as a politician, I think you need to to recognise that sometimes you need to make some sacrifices for the job. Uh, and uh, it's a bit like the Prime Minister's refusal to come home in the, from Hawaii when the bushfires struck. Uh, you need to, uh, to to make those hard decisions, recognising that uh, that the job is going to require some significant sacrifices and people will sometimes judge you by those sacrifices. Uh, we've seen great leaders in the past uh, making th- those decisions and, and people really respect them for that. Uh, so, you know, without going into any of the specifics of those, de- those, those decisions, I, I do worry sometimes when I look at Scott Morrison uh, feeling as though he isn't willing to, uh, to, to put, on, put on the line what's necessary to be a truly great leader. Very diplomatic, Andrew. Very diplomatic. <laughs> All right. Uh, look, and again, I don't have a problem. Uh, of course, the Prime Minister should be able to see his, his, his daughters on Father's Day. Of course he should. But then again, so should every other bloody Australian. And so should uh, Australians be able to travel uh, from northern New South Wales or elsewhere across the border for cancer treatment. I should have been able to go with my sister and my brother to put our father to rest and all the rest of it. That's the double standard and hypocrisy. And it's not just us. There's hundreds of thousands of Australians who, uh, you know, are, are, are suffering because of these lockdowns. And we're told, oh, we're all in this together. We are clearly not. Yeah, yeah. I think you speak directly, directly Marcus, <laughs> to one can't. of my feelings as to, as, to, as to what leadership involves. You know, leadership is really saying uh, we're, 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 in the, we're in this together. And if you use a battlefield analogy, it's not about sort of sitting back, sending troops off into battle. It's about being out there in the middle of the fight, experiencing what everybody else is experiencing. Uh, and uh, taking on the, the, those those same hazards at the, at the same, same time. Right. You know, that's where that's where we think true leadership leadership is. Uh, it's being shoulder to shoulder with people rather than being away and some uh, some safe remove.